0: Hello oh, and welcome to another edition of the Hitting the Hardwood Podcast, your home for all the latest Minnesota Lynx and WNBA news, analysis, and coverage. Thank you for tuning in to another episode this week. I'm your host, Mitchell Hansen. and it's hard to believe, but we are already at the end of the 2023 calendar year. We're here at the holiday season. Um, first of all, I want to wish you all a happy holiday season, whatever holiday you do celebrate or however you are celebrating it. Um, I, I also want to big, give you a big thank you to, to everybody for listening over the last year. Um, since we started this podcast before the 2023 WNBA season. It's been a blast. I've, I've really enjoyed um, doing this. It's my first time kind of providing this form of coverage. i have always done written um, content um, in, in kind of digital space, but nothing, nothing uh, in form of a podcast or, or like we do here at Hitting the Hardwood. So I appreciate you all for listening. Um, I appreciate everything that, that, that you do for, for hitting the hardwood, for, that you do for myself, um, in, in my personal um, content, and, and everything that, that I provide on, on social media and beyond. Um, but also, um, you know, for, for all the, I, I also want to thank you for the, the positive feedback you've given me for this podcast, for all the content that we do provide. Um, I, I hear everything, I listen to everything, I read everything, um, I really appreciate it. Um, and and I wish you you all a happy holiday. Um, I wish you a, a great 2024. And with that said, we we will have plenty of coverage, um, you know, as the, as the year flips to 2024, um, not only, f- uh, you know, through hitting the hardwood, but for myself at, at Canis Hupas, Windsider. Um, I also do stuff at, at Rotowire, um, sports betting or Sportbettingdime.com. Um, and and some other uh, spaces as well. So um, plenty more to come. Um, as the especially as the season um, or as the year flips over to twenty twenty four, we're going to have free agency coming up. Then uh, you know obviously we have the college basketball season right now, um, leading up into the WNBA draft, and then we're we're there already. Then it's then it's time for the season. Time time for training camp, preseason, and ultimately the regular season. So we're we're getting closer. But but like I said, we'll we'll have some some content um, throughout the off season here. Um, as we have uh, throughout the, the off-season thus far. So uh, with that said, um, you know, I am really happy to be joined by a, a friend of the podcast. who has been on the podcast for I don't know how many times now. Um, at Canis Hoops is Jack Borman, who I have the pleasure of working alongside at Canis Hoops. Um, I have the pleasure of calling him a great friend as well. Um, Jack and I kind of look back on, on the 2023 uh, year and kind of bring everything to a close. Um, we look at the off-season and then we look ahead to 2024. Um, not only the the schedule that is now out, but um, also the the kind of some hopes um, and and kind of predictions for the links um, in twenty twenty four. So, without further ado, let's jump right into the podcast with Jack Borman, the one and only Jack Borman. How are you doing, man? I'm good. How are you, man? It's good to be with you. I'm doing well. It's, it's been a while since we we've, we've chatted. It's it we've I've had you on a few times, but it, it feels like it's been a while since we've we've connected and on the podcast. That is, we we always text each other, but
1: um, it's been a while, so how are things? Good, man. Good, man. It's hard not to be hard not to be good covering a Wolves season. They're yes. off to a, a twenty and six start, or or, or twenty one and six, or whatever it is now. So it's been, um, it, it's been a lot of fun. And and you know, sometimes no news is good news on on the links front in terms yeah. of uh, you know nothing too too consequential happening, uh, which is always good. Nothing catastrophic happening in the off season, which is yes. which is what you want. So um, should should be a really fun. Um, you know, off-season now is they gear up for um for kind of year 2 with this this new core that they have. So, yeah, it should be should be really fun to see what happens.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I know I've um as as much as I follow the Lynx, I I try to, you know, be a f- kind of a fan or kind of follow um cover to some extent the Wolves and and it's been a lot of a lot of fun to to follow them as it has been with, you know, the the Lynx. I know it's obviously the off-season, but um it's been fun to to kind of see them throughout the off-season. I mean that and that kind of leads into my first topic of what we've seen from the links so far. Obviously they they have some players that are playing overseas as they normally do. Um, but but they've been doing relatively well. Um what what are your thoughts on on some of the players before we flip to, to 2024 and kind of look ahead to 2024? What are your thoughts on some of the players and how they've been doing overseas?
1: Yeah, I think it's just really impressive what what Caleb McBride continues to do at 31 now. Um just I, I don't know how many years in a row now she's played a, a full year you know 12 month of competitive lab game action basketball schedule but it, it is really impressive that she just continues to turn out um you know incredibly consistent play for Fenerbahce um she's she's averaging 17 and a half points a game um on 47.9 <laughs> Fifty, forty-five point five and eighty-five point seven shooting splits in ten-year-old league games so far this season. Um, I mean, just the, just the fact that she's still, you know, doing the damn thing, shooting over forty-five percent from three. Um, it's just, it's just incredible, man. And and obviously, this Fenerbahce team looks a lot different. Her her points per game took a hit last year with with them having Brianna Stewart and and uh, Satu Saboli, uh in the fold, uh, but now with neither of those players playing over there. Um, you know Kayla's really had an opportunity to step up and 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 play much more aggressively on the offensive end alongside Emma Miesman, Um, who again I I, I don't know uh, if she's going to be playing in the WNBA this coming season I would anticipate that she doesn't just because of the prioritization rules but um, yeah I mean it's it's just tough not to not to start any conversation there with with what Kayla's been able to do um, and so obviously it's great that um, you know, she has uh, shown no signs of slowing down, and that's that's mm-hmm. great news for the the Lynx as she starts the the first year of a of a new two year contract. Um, I believe it's two years. Am I am I crazy? Yes, you're correct. You're right. Yep, it's two years. Yeah, yeah, two years for about four hundred and thirteen thousand dollars, according to her hoop stats here. Um, so, yeah, it's obviously that's great. And then um, the other one, I guess, really the only bummer of the Lynx offseason was that uh, Diamond Miller. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, had that had that knee uh injury. Uh she only played in two games for Uni Gior on uh, Hungary. Um, and uh she got hurt in her first year league game and she had 24, six and five in that game. So it would have been really cool to see what you know she could have done. Um you know to kind of build some momentum entering the season and kind of expand her offensive game become a little bit more of a, you know develop a little bit more confidence becoming that kind of go-to number 2 scorer um for the lynx obviously she would have been the the go-to number 1 for or playing over there in Hungary um but unfortunately i do, do you know the specifics of the knee injury was it a meniscus Injury. It was um it was a, a cartilage injury or a cartilage, cartilage injury repair okay.
0: um, surgery so I mean we we saw her I've, I've you know I've seen the links post on on social media post on some of their stories on social media too and she's walking around she seems like she's she's moving fine um but that's not I don't I'm not no doctor but I don't think that's very and important. I know
1: she's going to be rehabbing here right. for the rest of the the off season um mm-hmm. you know so it's it's good at least that the links will have full you know, understanding of the injury and, and be able to to kind of help her through the recovery process and all that i, I certainly think that, that would be better than you know her trying to handle all that in hungary with a different medical staff and and then try to you know play right at the end of the season i think would be pretty tough so mm-hmm. um you know all in all you know gotta hope that you know she'll be she'll be ready to go and, and excited and um you know in great shape for for the right. season um mm-hmm. with with being here too um, and then, and then, you know, last one for me, really there on the, on that side, um, you know, Josh Shepard has been <laughs> dominant as always. She's averaging over 26 points a game on 69% shooting to go along with 11 um, rebounds and, and it has an assisted turnover ratio of about 2.0, which is obviously a great thing for her. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, what more can you say about her that, that she just continues to, um, to put up huge numbers playing for or over there in in Venice, uh, Italy, um, you know, I, I think that really helps her when she comes over here and that uh, she's been great in attacking smaller players um, and taking some bigger players off the dribble as well. And I think she just has so much more confidence finishing at the rim um, mm-hmm. after, you know, just seeing the ball go through the hoop as much as she does when she plays overseas. So I think that that's always a great thing. And And as you know, with all these, you know, American players playing overseas, kind of regardless of what their role is in the WNBA, all these players are, are paid to go score. Mm-hmm. Like that is, that is what their primary um, that's the first bullet in their job description when they play for these overseas teams. Um, It might, you know, maybe it's a little bit different when you're someone like Kayla McBride and you're playing alongside, you know, three or four other superstars uh, from the WNBA um, like she was last year, but you know, all these players are paid to score. And, and the fact that, you know, we've really seen that have a, a positive impact on Jess's confidence in the WNBI. I think that's huge. Um, you know, and the hope is that um, you know, she can continue to, to, you know, replicate some of the numbers that she put up last year. I think that um, that was something that really stood out to me uh, in the first part of the year, is that, you know, when she's scoring um, and she's able to give you 10 or 12 points a game, you know, it, it really does make a huge difference for the Lynx. I mean, this is now the she averaged about eight, a little over eight points a game for the second year in a row. Um, and again, did it on, you know, did it on pretty, pretty solid efficiency and, and shot a career high from the free throw line. Um, so I th- I think the the more that she can produce double-digit points a game, um, you know, I think the, the better off the links will be, especially on nights where, you know, female only score 18 points a game instead of, you know, 20, 23, 25 um or nights where diamond is struggling or kayla doesn't have her shot um you know i think that's just really important and you know great to see that you know she's been able to to continue that really strong play and you know the biggest thing is that you know now this this coming season she'll just be able to be healthy right Mm -hmm. she played in 36 games in 2022 only 21 last year because of um you know that illness that she she dealt with um and then was it an ankle later in the season? Yes. Uh, yes. Or, yep. foot, yep. or foot, ankle or foot. Yeah. So yep. um yeah. And and we'll we'll get into some some hopes for, for the new year. But mm-hmm. I think you know, Jess is another player like Diamond where, where you just hope that that she's healthy because you know, when she is healthy and kind of has that that on ramp to really, you know, catch a rhythm and um and build some momentum with her offensive game, she's she's a really important player for this team. Yeah.
0: It, speaking of health too, I mean, we, at the end of the year, we, we saw that Lindsay Allen was obviously out. Um, you know, she's been, you know, been playing pretty well overseas as well. She's had, you know, pretty balanced performances. She's near triple doubles. I think her last, you know, couple of weeks um, in, in the games that they, they have had her last couple games that they have had. And, I mean, that's, that's an encouraging sign to just see that stability, see that, um, you know, that all of our own game that she can, um, establish and kind of provide, um, you know, with the links of it, you, you kind of talked about the, um, something we'll talk about here in a little bit is, is hopes for 2023 and, and kind of what the team could look like in 20 or hopes for 2024, excuse me. Um, in and, and kind of looking ahead to, to, to next season, but that, that's something that Minnesota needs with that, that question mark at point guard, um, in, in, of you know figuring out that that position um having the rel- reliability of her and, and kind of not only staying healthy but putting those types of performances together if that can translate back over um, I think would be a, a really important thing and she's she's been impressive so far I think
1: yeah I just think the the big red flag there is that you know if you look at the you know game she's played she shot four of 25 from three right. that's 16 yep. percent that's obviously um you know, I think something that the links need more of, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think that she was she, like defenses were not respecting her shot coming off of pick and roll at all. Uh, whether that was a three point shot, a mid range shot, a little floater deeper into the paint, like defenses just begged her to shoot and mm-hmm. she just couldn't knock down shots. Um, you know, that, that you totally expect any starting point guard to be able to knock down. And um, you know, and that I think really hurt the Lynx offense for for stretches. Um, you know, obviously she's a fantastic playmaker and does a does a tremendous job taking care of the ball. Um, and those are things that you certainly um, you know, certainly want from anyone handling the point. But I think, you know, it is a little concerning that that she's not shooting it as well, um, especially considering that, you know, those are again, like I said, you know, that's partly what you're being being paid to do over there. Um, and so I, I mean it's just I guess it's just kind of a bummer because like if she was, if she were able to shoot, um, you know, rather consistently, I mean, even if she shot like 30% from three and shot, you know, mid forties on those, you know, elbow jumpers, I think that um, you'd feel a lot better about her coming back and playing for this team in 2024. But, you know, I think that's just a big question mark and we'll get into it with, you know, some potential free agents or moves the team could make. But um, yeah, I think that's just the one big question mark is like, are you going to be able to upgrade that spot? Um, a scoring perspective because i think if you're the lynx you'd you'd probably be okay surrendering some of the the organization and and the turnovers or the the lack of turnovers i guess um if that meant a little bit more of a scoring punch um and uh yeah i mean we'll we'll see what happens but Mm -hmm. um but yeah i think that's that's just the one thing that that jumps out to me when when looking at her um when looking at her game but yeah i mean in terms of her floor game it's um it's it's tremendous and uh, obviously something that, uh, is encouraging to see that, you know, it doesn't really matter whether that's WNBA, um, or, or overseas action that she's able to, to really continue that strong play.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: I agree. Um, but yeah, with the, with the rest
0: of the, the, um, off season, um, coming ahead for, for the players that are playing overseas, um, obviously you can find uh weekly, uh, links, off season updates at Canis Hoopas, Um, those will be coming every Monday. So, uh, Keep on the lookout for those um, as the the rest of the off season unfolds and as we get into into the new year. Um kind of speaking of uh flipping to the new year, um, it's you know, we something that happened last week, I think it was, or, or recently. Um looking ahead to to the 2024 season, we got the new schedule um or the the 2024 schedule that that came out. Um nothing really to me eye-popping or anything crazy. Um, you know, the links have have a couple. Um, I think their longest road trip they have a couple of like was it three three game um, road trips which isn't crazy they have one I think it's four or five game homestand which is great um, and then they they do have that that month break um, with with the Olympics and there will be an all-star game which is I think the first time that that's happening during the same year that there is an Olympic break um, which will be, be kind of cool and there's kind of a a shift in the, in the commissioner's cup um, format this year as well. But um, for you, is there anything that, that really stands out or anything that, that is eye grabbing to you with, with the 2024 schedule?
1: Yeah, I really like that The start of the season and the end of the season um, they play, they play playoff opponents, right? Mm-hmm. So five of their first eight games are against playoff teams from a season ago. And then, um, and then, and then the, if you go look at their, what their schedule is after the Olympic break, I mean, it's just going to be awesome basketball to watch really competitive, yeah. high level hoops, <laughs> Um, and, and some really good tests for the Lynx uh as they you know hopefully prepare to be back in the playoffs again next season. Um, and then the only other thing for me is like their schedule, you know, for most of June and July heading into the Olympic break is pretty soft. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they I mean, if, if that's the thing, like if the Lynx are you know struggle a little bit to come out of the gates, um, you know, they'll have plenty of runway to to improve upon that as they head into the Olympic break and then you know, the hope is that once they start practicing again, after the Olympic break, you know, Bridget Carlton, you know, certainly will be playing over there in the Olympics and a Collier. will uh, will also be playing over there in the Olympics. Um, you know, of course, barring uh, any type of injuries. So it'll be, you know, fun to see those two and hopefully they'll be able to, to kind of stay warm and uh, and continue a rhythm um, from, from playing over there in, in Paris, um, you know, during the games and, and can, um, you know, hopefully as a team, they, you know, they build some momentum going in and then um, those two especially can, can carry it over as they, they come out of the break. Cause I mean, it's really going to be, you know, all gas, no breaks, um, uh, when they, when they return in August and, um, you know, it'll be gunning for a playoff spot. Uh, you know, and obviously we don't, we don't necessarily know what all the different rosters are going to look like. You know, there's always a lot of player movement and a lot of star movement. Um, so it's hard to totally prognosticate exactly what that playoff picture is going to look like, but, you'd think that the links will be right back in the thick of it, especially considering what they were able to do last season, despite, um, despite suffering injuries to, mm-hmm. to a lot of key players um, mm-hmm. and missing a lot of, um, or having key players miss a lot of games over the course of the season. So mm-hmm. um, the hope is that they'll be able to, to reload at least a little bit and, and and not have to deal with that quite as much. So, um, so especially down the stretch of the season, you'll be able to see a, a healthy links team play a lot of really good um, you know, playoff caliber teams at full strength. Right. Is it just me or does it seem like every season starts with a road game for the Lynx? Feels like that. <laughs> it feels like well, that. And they started in Seattle the last us. couple, like, I feel like they've had really early road games in Seattle the last few years, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which, like you said, yeah. it's a good test. I mean, it's a tough, that's a tough
0: atmosphere to play in. Um, but For sure. That'll be, be a good early season test for them. No question. But... Kind of looking, well, on that same note, um, looking ahead to 2024, obviously we'll, once the new year flips over, we'll, we'll start to dive into, to free agency. Uh, that's, that's kind of when that period uh, begins, um, teams can start having conversations or kind of with their current free agents and then um, eventually um, upcoming free agents or free agents that will be hitting the open market. Um, we've, we've talked about this, you know, throughout the 2023 season um, and, and kind of this off season, but what what do you think that that might happen, or or, or I guess maybe some names that that Minnesota might um, look at in in free agency, or or even you know players on the current roster that that they might try and uh, retain this offseason going into twenty twenty four.
1: Yeah, I think it's fair to expect that the Lynx won't do something like they did three years ago, mm-hmm. um, which is you know use all the cap space that they have um, on players to sign them to to three year contracts um that that's something that i i can confidently say will not happen <laughs> um but you know the, they have about six hundred and forty two thousand dollars in cap space um that's fourth in the league really third um because you know new york will will certainly try to retain brianna stewart and john Quell jones um, who are both free agents i believe um and I think that you know the the links also could they could free another you know one hundred and twenty three thousand um, dollars if they did waive Jess because she she is on an unprotected contract. I don't think anyone would claim that if they waived her. Um, but I don't see that happening considering how you know how well she fits with Nafisa Collier and how well um you know, fee or how highly fee speaks of her um in her game and and how well those two fit alongside one another um you know the Lynx have six players under contract so i need to fill four spots um but I, I do think it is fair to expect that bridget carlton and and rachel bantam will be back i mean i think rachel Banham is as important as any player on the team in terms of what she does in that locker room to help kind of galvanize the team bring everybody together um and how important of a personality she is like i i think that you know something that gets lost is, you know, it's a long season. You know, forty game season. I, I think that you know there's obviously a lot of highs and lows, um, and you need players that can really keep it light and and keep players together, and you know, kind of rowing in the same direction, if you will, um, mm-hmm. through all the highs and the lows. And Rachel certainly exemplifies that. I think if you asked every single player on the links who their favorite teammate is, um, they'd say Rachel Bannum. And, and beyond that, she she provides. Um, you know, scoring out of the pick and roll, which is really a valuable skill uh, in the WNBA. And, you know, I think it, you look back at the last few years, you can you can probably point to four or five games in each season where you say, you know, the Lynx don't win that game or the Lynx aren't in that game without Rachel Bantam. Um, and, and that's certainly um, you know great quality to have for somebody that, you know, is probably going to be willing to sign uh, with the team for a minimum contract um, for as long as she'll continue to play. And, um, and again, like I said, I just think that that's, that's too valuable to, to fill with another player. That's, you know, may not play as much, but won't have that same impact, um, you know, both on and off the floor, um, with her, her leadership and personality. So I'd expect those two to be back on pretty similar contracts to what they played with, um, last year. So, I mean, if you just want to conservatively call it 170,000, um, so you'd be left with about $470,000 for, for two roster spots. then you also have to keep in mind, uh, Maya Hirsch could come over, you know, Cheryl Mm -hmm. said that that was certainly not off the table. um, And that, you know, the links and uh, Maya Hirsch and her representatives needed to kind of, you know, sit down and have a conversation and said that there wasn't a plan necessarily one way or the other, uh, whether Maya would come over or stay over. Uh, So, you know, if she came over, she'd sign a rookie scale deal for a first round pick, um, which would, you know, potentially be in that 65 to $70,000 range. I'm not hundred percent sure. I do need to check on, you know, whether, you know, if she would sign, if that would be the rookie, you know, scale mm-hmm. first round pick contract for the year she was drafted, uh, which was last year or, um, or for, you know, this year or whatever year she comes over. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, then, then you'd be looking at just one roster spot really for, um, for the links with, you know, quite a bit of, 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 cap space to deal with and they'd have or to play with and they'd have you know certainly space for a max contract and that just kind of leads you into you know some of the players that they might potentially try to go after I think that um, you know a player like Natasha Cloud is one that I'd expect to be near the top of the Lynx wish list in terms 100. of um, you know somebody who at 31 is a veteran but still has plenty of of playing time or you know <laughs> plenty of uh, plenty of years ahead of her playing in the WNBA um, a really fiery player, competitive defender, um, can provide more of that scoring for you offensively, and I think really fits into to the Lynx culture and the fabric and the DNA of the organization. Um, and is a winning player and somebody that that certainly demands excellence out of um, you know out of those around her. Um, and is a player that that all of her teammates you know speak really highly up in Washington. And and I think when you are considering w- which team you'd rather be on between the Lynx or the Mystics, I mean you have to think that. Uh, with the Mystics, Elena Deladon is 33. Um, that roster isn't awesome. Um, and while Brittany Sykes, I think, is a phenomenal you know person to share a backcourt with, I think that um, you know the 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 Lynx just have higher upside. I think in terms of um, you know Fee not even in the prime of her career yet. Diamond Miller, obviously, um, certainly still ascending. Um, and then you look at what Kayla McBride and and Dorky Uhas and Jess Shepard can all bring. Um, and then you also have, you know, really competent guard playing Tiffany Mitchell off the bench. Um, you know, I think it'd be, it'd be a compelling conversation to have, uh, for Lynx brass with, uh, with Natasha cloud and her representatives. I think that, you know, to, you know, the Lynx could certainly afford to, mm-hmm. to give Natasha cloud a max contract or something close to it. Um, and she wouldn't be able to get the same thing in Washington. I don't think, um, you know, when you look at what their cap situation is, um, and you also have to think like, too, like three guards in, in Washington alongside Elena Deladon and, um, you know, and Shakira Austin. And you think how how hurt the two of those players are that often, um, you know, it's just kind of a, kind of a tough situation, I think, for <laughs> for someone like Natasha Cloud, um, you know, there in DC. And so, you know, who knows? I think, you know, money talks, obviously, um, in a max contract or something close to it, or, you know, $40,000 raise, Uh, would be would be tough to say no to if you're a player like like Natasha Cloud, I think. Um, So that's Mm -hmm. certainly an an interesting one. Um, And then and I had a couple more. But but are there any players besides Natasha Cloud that that you think the links would be in on? I, I, you know, I really do. You know, this is going to be kind of vague, but I I just
0: really think that they're going to target that guard position looking at this roster. I just don't really think there's anywhere else where they would want to over, you know, maybe stretch or kind of overreach for signing a player. Um, I think that you know, when it comes to looking at free agent market compared to, or kind of tying in the draft to everything, what would you rather do? Would you rather, you know, draft a guard or, um, you know, sign a guard or even trade for a guard? I think that, you know, Cheryl in in the Lynx press would prefer the latter of, you know, going out and signing somebody that come in right now. Um, then you can draft somebody, you know, uh, maybe a forward or a wing, or, um, you know, maybe even somebody to help out in the post that can maybe, you know, develop or kind of sit on the bench or come off the bench I think that that's the route that they want to go now if that'll happen um you know that that's another story I I really do like the 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 Natasha Cloud excuse me um you know the the idea of that I think she would help this team out a ton um not only with veteran leadership but just you know just being um you know that defensive presence and and somebody that can that can boost this offense and, and still be that that floor general um, you know, I, 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 you know, if that doesn't work out, I could even see somebody like, you know, like a Courtney Williams or something like that. You know, Minnesota maybe taking a chance on her. Um, you know, th- there are there are some some solid veteran guards, um, you know, available, um, not as good as what it once was um, earlier, you know, in the 2023 season with players resigning. But um, now I agree with you that that I think that's that's a position they're really going to look at. If they can't get a guard, I don't really think they're gonna make a big splash in free agency, um, just because like I mean, you there said, just aren't that many players. Well, that too, yeah, exactly. And, and you know, it's, they're not gonna just, you know, even with the, the maybe the lack of players, or, or maybe even, you know, not that impressive of a free agent market, um, they're still gonna get good contracts. Like those players are still gonna get good contracts. Teams, there's some teams are gonna overreach for, for, to bring in some of those players. Um, and I just don't think Minnesota is going to do that to your point that you made earlier. I, I think they're, they're content with where they're at right now, but they want a guard that they, that can come in and help out. Um, and if that means it's going to, you know, not overreaching this off season, waiting till next off season, and then figuring that out, maybe that's the route they go. Um, but those are two names that, that I kind of um, like. I, I don't know that, you know, Minnesota holds that same interest. Um, but I, I think that those two players would be players that, I would like to see on, on this
1: roster. I, I think they do in cloud for sure. Yeah. Um, but I mean, and Courtney Williams would be a great fit. I mean, Courtney Williams shot 44% from three on almost on, you know, four and a half attempts per game last season, mm-hmm. um, you know, and still averaged, I think a career high or, or right near a career high in assists at 6.1 um, and took pretty good care of the ball too. Had a had an assist to turnover ratio north of two. Um, obviously would be a good player to go after. And I think too, like, the other, the other kind of luxury, I guess, that, that the links you know, roster and, and having two players on rookie scale contracts that are, you know, contributors uh, is that, you know, let's say they they don't want to do anything long term, right? They could they could totally overpay mm-hmm. for somebody for one year yeah. if they wanted to, because right. that money, I mean, that money is not going to be used in any other way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and because the Lynx, you know, you look at players like Carlton or, or Banham who, you know, if they were on longer term contracts could be, you know, trade pieces, um, that you'd package with, uh, with picks that the links have, um, the links aren't going to do that. I don't think, um, just because those players obviously are, are unrestricted free agents right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, the other, the only other two names that I had written down here is like players that they might overpay for, you know, on a one year trial basis, just to try to, you know, kind of add in around what they have going on. Um, I, the two, I mean there were two Australian names that I had written down. Um, you know, Beck Allen is somebody who's a 36 career percent mm-hmm. um, or 36 percent career three point shooter. Um, you know, who's a pretty good three and D player, can move her feet. Um, you know, guarding guards um, can also handle some bigger and burlier wings. Um that like she to did put well the, against McBride in the playoff
0: series too. Totally. opening playoff series. And, and she's
1: got length too, mm-hmm. um, which is really important. I mean, she she, you know, she's somebody that has been paid in that, you know, $120, $140, 000 dollars range that I think the Lynx could certainly afford to pay, mm-hmm. you know, north of 150 if they wanted to for a year. Um, to just say, like, hey, come see what we're all about. If you like it, resign sign. If you don't, um, you know, no harm, no foul. We'll, we'll go in a different direction in a year. Um and then uh, the, the other name I had written down was Alana Smith um, for, from the sky. I, I really liked what I saw from her in terms of the versatility she brings with size at six foot four, um, can really pass the ball. Um, it was a great rebounder for her size um, in her position, too, at that, you know, kind of three, four hybrid um, and I think she'd do really well in, in the kind of inverted offense that the links like to run with having their bigs play higher up on the floor, um, be able to operate well in space and handoffs and, and, um, uh, you know, high posts and passing out of the high post, um, could be kind of a fun player as you know, Jess Shepard insurance if if Jeff Jess may get hurt or yep. um or a player you could play with Jess, just to have a lot of passing and um you and, and ball movement and activity out there on the floor on the offensive end, which would be fun. So um but yeah I mean when you when you just pull up like if you go to Spot Track and you look up you know who the 2024 free agents are, like I can tell you right now Skylar Diggins Smith, not a member of the Lynx yeah. um next season and obviously that. like and obviously like Elena Deladon is another player you'd 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 totally expect her to go back to Washington even though you know she made some some kind of iffy comments I guess at the in her exit interview or, or near the end of last season when she said hey like I'm not getting any younger um you know she's 34 excuse me not 33 so um you know like i'm not getting any younger i want to win titles so you never know what that could mean um you know m- maybe you know the links could get in on that um, just as like another star on the wing so i like let's say this i can i can tell you right now that skylar Dugan smith will not be on the Lynx. i can't t- i can't say that you know without a shadow of a doubt for elena deladon but um you know, you'd expect John Quell jones to go back to new york brianna jones to go back to connecticut um, obviously Stewie and Neko will go back to New York and LA, respectively. Brittany Griner will go back to Phoenix. Um, and then beyond that, there's just not a whole lot there um, that we haven't already mentioned. Um, so it'll just be really interesting to see, you know, I guess how high the links shoot, um, because they are in this totally flexible position where, you know, they could, they could push some chips in for a player in a one or two year deal and and still maintain all the flexibility in the world or, You know, or they could just kind of sit and and not do much and maybe, you know, add on another, you know, high level role player and, and, you know, some of the names I mentioned, like Beck Allen or Lana Smith, and, um, and just kind of, I guess, round out some edges with, you know, with the core that they already have and run it back for another year. And, um, you'll feel really good that they'd be able to make the playoffs and still, you know, develop players. But the only other thing that I'd add to this is like, if he's a Collier, took a pay cut to, Mm -hmm. to, to sign an extension with the Lynx and she did that so that the Lynx would have more money to recruit you know to recruit players with um in part and you know you just have to wonder like you know that they, they struck out last season obviously they they swung for Brianna Stewart and Courtney Vandersloot and obviously for for good reason but you know, if they come up empty again, like if they go after cloud pretty hard and clouds, let's say cloud signs with somebody that's not the mystics, um, in free agency and, and isn't the links. Um, you know, that's something that I'd I'd keep an eye on, just in terms of not the not that fee would leave, but just like, you know, that is that could be a, a storyline, you know, heading into um, you know, free agency next year. Um, just because like I think like <laughs> strike one, okay, strike two you know, then you start to, I think, have a little bit more heat uh, on the fire um, mm-hmm. going into free agency next year. So, you know, like I said, I'd be really pro signing Natasha Cloud just because, um, you know, I love players with her type of fire. <laughs> like Kayla McBride yes. too. I think she'd fit right in with Kayla McBride as like mm-hmm. these two super fiery vets that can just get Diamond Miller going. Um, and when Diamond Miller's playing with that that same passion and fire, you just love it. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think that, then you you kind of add in like the ultimate just cool smooth operator and if collier i think that'd just be a really fun team to watch and so Mm -hmm. selfishly as as someone that that enjoys you know watching lynx basketball that's that's good um i I would be i'd be all in on that Uh, Mm um and especially since you have the you're not really ruining any flexibility that you do have by uh by signing excuse me signing a player like that so Um, yeah, it will it, be we'll an
0: interesting off season. Um, I know uh, I had Fionn at the previous uh, podcast, and you know she even talked about too of you know she wants to be she wants to be a recruiter. She wants to go out and recruit people, and and she's gonna do that. She's she's all in this off season on trying to do that. As she did last off season, she admitted, um, but I think this off season she's she's really gonna try to, um, you know. Push, like you said, like the organization, push the chips in to, to try and get somebody. Um, now, if they can, um, that is yet to be seen. But we'll, we'll see. I mean, it, it's it's just about here. Um, we're, we're like I said, once we flip the calendar uh, to 2024, um, it we'll will be right in the thick of things with with that. With the looking forward to the draft um, and, and things kind of pick up from there. Um, also looking to 2024, what, what are some maybe resolutions? We, we always talk about New Year's resolutions. Um, what are some maybe resolutions or, or let's say hopes for for the links in your eyes in 2024?
1: Yeah, the, the first one for me is just health. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I feel awful for like coaches and, and GMs and front office people and evaluators when like you have a really fun team and uh, you know a young team and some, I guess, some question marks, if you will, that that you want to try to evaluate and see develop, and um, you know, and just kind of see what you have. And and obviously, injuries are certainly part of the game and part of the, you know, this this calculus that is so hard to to master and and understand and and you know, create sustain, sustain success with. Um, and, and so, with you know, you you see diamond get injured. That was obviously really tough. Um, you know, she had her best half of the year in that first half in Dallas, um, before she, she turned her ankle and, um, and kind of took some wind out of her sails a little bit. And, you know, and I, I think that that's just really tough when you're kind of finding your, your rhythm and finding your stride. And then that happens, um, just can kind of derail some of the development that you're hoping for a little bit. So, I'd say that, you know, that, that diamond, especially that she'd be able to be healthy and that she can, you know, be able to develop into that really consistent Robin to Nafisa Mm -hmm. Collier, um, at least as a score, you know, as much as I love Kayla McBride, I think she's phenomenal, but I think long-term it's probably best if she's like your number three score rather than asking her to, you know, do that much at, you know, at 31, again, it's not that she can't do it right? It's just that I think that you're going to get more, you know, prolonged sustained success from Kayla McBride for three, four more years um, and reduce kind of the wear and tear on her. If you're not asking her to score 17, 18, 19, 20 points a game, right? Mm-hmm. And and she may just do that because she's such a gamer and competitor, but I think if Diamond Miller can average 15, 16, 17, 18 points a game, um, you'd feel a lot better about right. then being able to turn Kayla loose on the defensive end of the floor more where she was just, Phenomenal all year last year, uh, locking up opposing stars. Um, and, and then with Jess Shepard too, right? You know, I think we both really enjoy watching Jess play when she's healthy. I think all the Lynx players really enjoy playing with her, um, given how unselfish she is and how much she can kind of be a connected tissue, um, you know, and, and unlock some of the you know highest potential of the Lynx offense when she's playing. Um and obviously like they all really like Jess. Um, and it's just tough to see, you know, someone you care about and you like um as a player, you know, as a teammate. Um for those Lynx players, it's probably tough for them, you know, like like I said, as you know, you care about your teammates and you want to see them succeed, tough for them to, you know, so you know, see this continuing to happen to Jess. Um, and, and so I think that this Lynx team again can be really, really solid in the playoffs. can Can make some noise. Um, can really compete in a first round series. Um, if not win a first round series, if they're fully healthy. Um, so I think that's the that's the number one thing for me. And then um, you know the the number two thing for me is probably just adding a little bit more shooting. Um, mm-hmm. I think that that's something that you know, you look at where they were last season uh, as a team shooting. I, I think that that's something that that you'd hope to see. Um, you know, the links be able to improve upon a little bit. Um, I think too, you know, they've, they've kind of, you know, scraped together an offense that probably isn't the most optimized thing in the world Um, in terms of how exactly they want to play. I think if they want to play with a little bit more spacing on a little bit more shooting, I I mean, you only had, um, you know, two players that shot better than, um, you know, 34% from three on, you know, any type of volume and that was Caitlin McBride and Rachel Bannum um, and everyone else was uh, you know Bridget Carlton was 33%, 33 percent or 33.7 percent Diamond Miller 31 percent fee 30 percent um, so I, I think you'd really like to to add some three-point shooting there again you know a player like Beck Allen I think would, would at least be able to help help with your spacing even if she's not hitting um, you know three is it a 38 39 percent clip so mm-hmm. um, those are the the main two that, that come to mind for me. Yeah. Going back to, to your first point of,
0: of health and I'd even, maybe even pair that with, you know, the, the continued development of the, the not now they're not rookies, but uh, you know, Diamond Miller and Dorky, Uhas. Um, I mean, Cheryl, Reeve talked about last, you know, at, well, at the end of the year that they didn't really have that third option. They have a big two, but they didn't have a big three. They didn't have a third to add to the big three. Um, now, be, it it be yet to be seen if they can add that in free agency or if that is a diamond Miller that, that can finally step up. So I, I think that that's maybe one of the outside of health. That's probably the biggest thing that the Minnesota should hope for is the, uh, you know, a good step up for diamond Miller and maybe not even so much. So, um, you know, a step up in her performance, but maybe just a step up in consistency. Uh, because she has she yeah and you expect that out of a rookie but she had a very up and down rookie season especially um, dealing with injuries too exactly yeah exactly and and we we saw that consistency out of dorky Uhas, Um, but we need to see if it, they if you can mesh both of those two together with consistency
1: and and the performance and, that and really the good thing see. is obviously like um you know diamond ceiling is obviously higher than dork is right in terms right. of their offensive impact and i think like if you just get more consistency out of diamond i think that would be that would really yes. raise the the floor mm-hmm. um of the yeah. lynx offense
0: yeah exactly and they they just need that that third option because when when one of the two because you'll have one of the the two of kale McBride or, or Nafisa collier that are going to get um uh, you know shut down or kind of a quiet night maybe not shut down but have a, a quieter night like we saw um, maybe you know, for example, in Game Three uh, against Connecticut, where Caleb McBride had a, had an off night, they need somebody else to step up in that situation. And they, you know, this this next season, that I think that that has to be Diamond Miller as of right now. But um, yeah, we'll we'll see. I, it's there's a lot of uh, that. That's kind of the downfall or kind of the bummer of of the off season and, and her not playing overseas because we wanted to kind of see if she could, um, you know, be consistent and put put that kind of off season together, but. Um, now, now we'll just have to wait until the, the games begin in, in 2024, but, um, with uh, it, this is kind of tied with, um, with, with my previous question and, and it kind of, it's yet to be seen. It's, it's hard because we don't know what the final roster is, but what, what are your predictions for the links? Do you think that they, you know, continue to improve? Maybe they, they have the same type of year, they improve next year, they take a step back. What, what are you thinking, um, prediction wise for the links?
1: Yeah, I mean, Minnesota was 19 and 21. Uh, I had them going 20 and 20 last season, I think, or 21 and 19, one of the two. And obviously, like, well, we won't have our official predictions until we begin next season. But, um, yeah, I, I think that, you know, the Lynx, would they finish in the standings? Um, seven? Wow, how how do I not even know? How do I not? That know? sounds right. Okay. That <laughs> sounds right. I, I think that... I think they'd it's, be it's right been so that. long. I don't even. Remember. I know. I think they'd be right around that six or seven range again next season. Um, in who tied knows? I mean, it what tied for six? Oh, well, yeah. they and, they
0: they finished in a three-way tie with Atlanta and Washington. But 19, that's right. That was say.
1: such a cluster. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> kind of a fun thing to follow down the down the stretch this season. I I, I'd say anywhere in that five to seven range, um, you know, and if they're able to be a little healthier than they were last season, it would not surprise me at all if they battled for that four or five spot. Um. Mm-hmm. You know, just because I'm I'm never gonna count out Fee and what she can do, man. Uh, after we saw last season, um, and then two, you never know. Um, you know, Cheryl Reeve has her way of of just you know putting a product out there that ends up being greater than the sum of its parts. Um, and 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 it's it's really fun to watch. Um, and I think it was really great when you know Cheryl especially talked all last season about how. You know people are what drive this thing and they all had they had people who really loved being around each other you know i've been around wolves teams i've been around lynx teams that don't enjoy being around each other as much and it's really easy to tell that and you know players do not need to consistently say like we love being around each other mm-hmm. i don't know you know listeners of this show probably follow a lot of the lynx players on instagram um and you could see all the time, you know, on game, like after games or in nights after after practice where the team was, you know, didn't have any plans and players could go do whatever they wanted to. And they were all hanging out with each other all the time. And, um, and that's a rare thing, I think, that, that you get players that are together that much that all really, really enjoy being around each other. And that really showed on the court, I think, in that how much this team battled and how much this team... Um, competed especially in the defensive end of the floor um, late in games um, was was really a sight to behold um, and how competitive they were in the clutch and and how they really banded together and and got games to the finish line that you know a lot of people would have thought that they didn't have you know much Mm -hmm. business winning and so um, yeah I think when you think about that it's tough for me to just say oh well they'll you know, be worse or they're they'll be about the same. I think if they run the same team back, you could expect them to even be a little bit better. Um, mm-hmm. especially when you consider um the injuries and diamond taking a step forward. And you know, Tiffany Mitchell is playing out of position for most of the season. Um, you know, hopefully you get her back playing in a more comfortable spot where she can be a consistent double-digit um points per game player. So um yeah, I, I'd say five, six range. And, mm-hmm. and if, and if they're really healthier, they add another piece that um, that could kind of accelerate this thing a little bit. I think they could certainly compete for that, that four or five line. And um, you know, who knows if they get a Natasha cloud, you know, I, I right. think you could certainly make an argument that they'd, they'd kind of jump Dallas or Connecticut for that, mm-hmm. that number three spot. Yeah,
0: I agree. I, I would say, I agree with you that uh, right now, I I would put them around the five mark somewhere around there. Um, you know, e- example is, you I mean, you look at the Timberwolves with the continuity of being with the same group of people for multiple years or even more than just a year, that alone has its benefits. I mean, now that we're going through an off season, gonna, they're going to be entering the 2024 year. The links are with, with, you know, similar players and, and not a change in personnel like they've had, I don't know how many times the last few years, that alone makes a big difference. And, and I think that um, you know, if they did, like you said, if they did have the same team, they're they're not going to be worse. They're they're definitely, I think, going to be better. Um, you'll see players improve. I mean, you always do, especially young players. You'll see them be more consistent. That alone leads to a couple wins and in, in, in improvement. Um, so I, I would say too that yeah, I agree. Around maybe that five
1: six mark. Yeah, um, I mean, I, it, I think it, it's safe to expect. You know, and there's parallels too. Like, look at the wolves, man. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, the 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 links are going to bring back you know, of of their nine. You know eight nine woman rotation you know most of most of those minutes are going to be back um mm-hmm. in uh in 2024 um and and if they just round out some of the edges there um or add on the margins you know i think that you know that's kind of what the wolves did and, you know same mm-hmm. coaching staff you know same concepts now um you know year two of you know this new era this new experiment um and everybody's just more comfortable with one another right mm-hmm. and you know, there's there's no reason that that the Lynx can't make you know a similar jump in terms of um you know a team that that just really rides the wave of continuity and chemistry and cohesion um and familiarity and you know be a much more much more competitive and, and consistent team in the regular season. So mm-hmm. I, I think yeah. that it'll be it'll be really fun to watch, especially see what see what Dorca and Diamond can do in, in year two. Yeah,
0: absolutely. It'll be here before we know it. It, the, the season always arrives very fast once the new <laughs> yeah, year. Flips and it, it
1: no, it looks like we're going to get some overlap this year. So, yes. so I'll be doing, I'll be doing double duty with hopefully yeah. the wolves deep in the playoffs and, yeah. and the links regular season starting. So,
0: yeah, absolutely. Let's uh, to, to round things out. I just got a couple questions from um, some, some listeners that submitted some questions. Um, first one is to talk about free agency. We, we kind of touched about that or touched on that. Um, what, what the links uh, might do or some free agent targets. Um, another question is assuming that all the point guards are gone in the draft, what, what do you think the, the links will do, um, at that position in the draft? I, I would say that, um, you know, kind of like what we talked about, I, I could see them getting, you know, somebody that could play multiple positions, kind of like a hybrid wing, um, depending on who's available. I think at, at seven, you got to go best player available regardless of where it is. Um, but I, that to me is, is what I think that they might do, or they could, you know, they could even grab a. Um, you know, a point guard that is maybe viewed as, you know, be, being a late first round pick. Maybe they they see that that guard or one of those guards, um, you know, as as somebody that could could potentially be a backup. Um, I could definitely see that being an option. But what do you think that that Minnesota or kind of a position that, that Minnesota might target?
1: Yeah, I think that we could certainly see that. I think we could also see, um, you know, a bigger four. Mm -hmm. um to be able to play behind fee i think that you know bridget carlton played at the four a decent amount um last season and i think that that's probably something that the lynx would prefer she not do in a perfect world like i think ideally she just fits in at that three spot um you know so she's able to guard players that are more her size and and isn't going to get um you know posted up on the block quite as much um so i i mean you know, I, I certainly think that, that getting size on the wing um or in that forward spot would be enticing. Um, but but again, like also I, I totally understand the the desire for a point guard. And, and you you kind of, you know, look at what the you know, I guess a lot of the big boards out there. Um the, there are a lot of point guards um in that first, second round uh you know, range line. So um so the links are definitely gonna have options. I also wouldn't be surprised if you know, considering that they might bring Maya Hirsch over, um, and they may sign, you know, another, you know, bigger name, um, you know, guard potentially, if, if it is a Natasha cloud, it wouldn't surprise me either. If the links tried to, um, you know, kind of kick the can down the road and trade, mm-hmm. um, you know, trade this year's first round pick for, um, you know, for a team's first round pick next year. Um, and then the links could maybe make a consolidating move where they package those two to try to move up in the draft next year. Um, you know just to be able to to bring in um you know a player that in 2025 um or 2026 would be able to compete more while still on that that rookie contract so um yeah it'll just be interesting to see I don't, don't think that the links are you know going to freak out if if certain players off the board or or if it doesn't shake out a certain way that they do I think they're going to maintain a lot of flexibility here like I said and um and, you know like the other thing too is if Maya Hirsch comes over, they're only gonna have, you know, two, what is it, two roster spots, then if BC and, and Rachel come back as well. So um it'll be interesting to see what happens, you know, if they if they prefer to go the free agent route or you know, or bring in another other rookie skill contract just to maintain as much cap flexibility as they can. But um, I don't think they can go wrong in any any real direction that they want to go. Um, but it is nice to know that the Lynx can really do, you know, whatever they want to do and they're not hamstrung by, you know, any. Financial or, or extraneous factors like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. We're about what, four months away from the draft already? I, yeah, I and, like... and that's the nice thing, too, right? About free agency coming before the draft. Right. I think that yes. that's something that I really like about, about the WNBA compared to the NBA. I think that um, a lot of people in the NBA would probably much prefer that mm-hmm. free agency is before the draft. Um, but I, I think it, I think it, I like it better. For the players too because right. then i think the players have a better idea of what they're walking into um rather you know than it you know having the draft come before and then well it didn't shake out and then you get drafted but then they also sign another player mm-hmm. at your position that you're then going to be stuck behind and you know just makes it harder to develop so um yeah i think also from a team building perspective it's just a lot better um so you kind of know more of what your needs are yeah uh, it, in it also
0: especially it, it just results in better fits too i mean it it's for sure just, it, it helps no everybody question. it helps the team helps the players it, it's yeah i i agree that i i like that
1: that format a little bit better too but. and the fact too that like the draft is three months after free agency mm-hmm. or you know two two months and change after free agency like I think it's great because then it gives teams like extra time to scout some of these yes. players at positions that they know they're going to want to draft or be interested in at least in kind of see how the board shakes out. So. Right. Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, cool. Jack, I, I appreciate it. Um, I, I once again want to, want to thank you for, for everything that that you've done for me um, for all the uh, listeners and readers as well um, over the, the 2023 season and looking forward to 2024 um, and, and continuing to, to hit the ground running once once everything picks up here, um, continuing this off season, continuing leading up to the year, and uh, I, I wish you
1: happy holidays and a happy new year. Yeah, same to you, brother. It's it's been a blast, and uh, and man, can't really you know, can't wait for for uh, for twenty twenty four to get started here. It's gonna be gonna be a lot of fun. So absolutely. Well, we'll talk soon. I appreciate you you joining.
0: Absolutely, man. Happy holidays. You too. Thank you once again to Jack for joining the podcast this week. Um, as I said uh, before the podcast recording, um, I, I'm very lucky to to work alongside Jack um, and I'm, I'm very thankful for for him asking me to come along the, to join the, the Canis hoopas team. Um, uh, you know it's been a blast to not only work with him but um, alongside the rest of the crew there at, at Canis Hoopas. So um, uh, go go check out everything out, out Jack's work, um, whether it's wolves related links related. Um, I, and basically everything else. So uh, you can you can uh, check out everything on CanisHupus.com and, and follow Jack on social media as well. He does a, a lot of great stuff. And like I said, he's a, he's a great dude. Um, he's a, a great friend. And I appreciate him joining uh, the podcast. He always provides great insight. Um, with that said, I also want to uh, give a shout-out, give a thank you, not only to you, our listeners, um, not only to Jack. Um, I also want to give out a, a, a thank you to Um, uh, Jeremy rushing for producing his podcast every week. Um, I give him a shout out at the end of uh, the podcast every week because he does a great job Um, and he is a a great teammate um, and he does a lot of of great stuff to to provide. Make sure that you guys um, get this podcast every week or uh, now during the off season every month. But um, during the season every week and he does a lot of great stuff and um, he's, he's a great guy as well So thank you Jeremy for everything that you do for hitting the hardwood um, And w- one more shout out uh, to our to our partners here at hitting the hardwood um, at Better Edge and Homage um, it, Before I get into to each one of those partners If you or if you know somebody that that wants to partner with hitting the hardwood Please send us an email hitting at gmail.com Happy to talk about whatever we can do uh, to partner Um, Here at Hitting the Hardwood, um, always open to that conversation and however we can help grow the game That's ultimately what we're trying to do here at Hitting the Hardwood But right now um, our our two partners that we have since we've had them since day one, Homage and Better Edge Um, Let's start with our our good friends at BetterEdge, BetterEdge.com, B-E-T-T-O-R-Edge.com You can go check out BetterEdge to to place bets on anything, WNBA related, any other sport um, You know, NBA, WNBA, NFL, um, anything Uh, You can go check them out, they're a locally based company here in, in Minnesota Um, And and they're just great people. They're great guys. They're a great team over there. Um, And they really do want to help grow the game of of women's basketball and the WNBA. And that's why we're we're partnering with them um, in in trying to do so. But you can go uh, use their very um, user-friendly app, to, to to bet on anything you want with, with any sport. Like I said, you can do competitions, you can do pick'em leagues during the WNBA season. I'll do that regularly. You can follow me on social media, follow Hitting the Hardwood on social media to find all of that information. Um, but Better Edge is is great. If, you, if you're a first time user, um, you can go to betteredge.com forward slash links and use the promo code links L-Y-N-X. If you're a first time user, you get $20 in free play. So go check that out go uh go support better edge um, like i said they're great guys and, and we really appreciate their support and partnering with them here at hitting the hardwood second one is homage um, homage does a lot of vintage clothing um, a lot of great gear um, they do a lot of wmba stuff as well as basically any other sport you can think of um, modern gear and um, vintage gear throwback um, gear for wmba teams and beyond um, you can uh, find them at homage h-o-m-a-g-e dot com um, find it go to our, our website as well You can find that on social media any of our social media platforms go to our website go to our partners page There's two specialty links on there. There's a one a Minnesota links URL and a WNBA URL If you click on those and you purchase anything through the, the homage website it comes back and supports hitting the hardwood There's no extra cost to you, but you do support hitting the hardwood So please go check that out. Like I said, you can go to our website um, and uh, check all of that out and find the, find those uh, links and the, all that information uh, but like I said, go check out our friends at Homage. They, they're great. We will do um, some kind of specialty, their uh, specials, I should say, leading up to the WNBA season. We regularly do that uh, throughout the, the WNBA season as well, do giveaways, specials. Um, they always seem to have um, a lot of great deals over at Homage. Um, so with that said, I, I really do appreciate you joining in for another episode of Hitting the Hardwood. Um, as, as you have um, all year long, all 2023 long, um, and now, now we flip over to 2024. And like I said, we, um, a, lot of, a lot of great stuff to, that, is, that will be coming here in 2024, not only from hitting the hardwood, but for the WNBA, for the Lynx. Um, I think it'll be an exciting year ahead. Uh, it'll be an exciting offseason to see what happens, uh, not only league-wide, but with the Lynx specifically. Um, and we're, we're just about there. We're just about into the thick of things. Um, as I have mentioned, um, you know, right at the end of the, the, the WNBA season, when we did flip to our monthly format, We will continue to do that um, until i you know until you know the season gets a little bit closer i'm thinking probably january maybe february Um, we will do emergency podcasts if we need to depending on what takes place what news breaks um so we'll we'll continue this format until the season inches closer and then we'll continue uh, we'll go back to the the weekly format that we had um, throughout the regular season so like i said thank you for for joining thank you for supporting hitting the hardwood i wish you all a very happy holiday wish you a very happy new year and if there's anything that, that you would like to reach out to, to me about, feel free to do on social media. Anything you need to, to reach out to the Hitting the Hardwood team, um, you can also do that on social media or email hittingthehardwood at gmail.com. So once again, thank you for your support. Um, enjoy the rest of the offseason. Enjoy the holiday season. Enjoy the time of family if that's how you're spending it. Um, it's one of my favorite times of the year, and, um, and, and I hope you all enjoy it as well. So thank you once again for listening, and I will talk to you next episode.